Welcome to the Cheyenne Vineyard Podcast, bringing you a message of hope for your everyday world. If you'd like to contact us, contact us at info at CheyenneVineyard.com. You can also find out more information about the Cheyenne Vineyard Church at CheyenneVineyard.com. Thank you and enjoy today's podcast. We, we think this place has sold, and we, we think we're supposed to be out of here by June 9th. Uh, we're still waiting for final confirmation that that is indeed the case, but we've, we've been told by others that that is the case. So, um, you know, I, I'm excited because... The, all the prophetic words that, that we've had since even before we moved into this place have been that we weren't going to be here long, that this was a transitional place that we had to go through before we were ready to move into the home that God had for us. So this, this is a good time because now God has to do something. And... It's, it's great to be in that position, you know, and uh, it, it shows progress, I think, uh, on my part and many of our parts that, that we're not anxious, that we're not worried uh, because, you know, we, we've learned some things about the way God works. And uh, he, he generally doesn't, Tell us what he's going to give us long before he gives it to us. Uh, and he generally doesn't give us whatever it is we need before we need it. So, you know, we, we've got almost two months <laughs> before we really need uh, another place. So, yeah, I, I think uh, this, is, this is good. <laughs> Um, uh, Phyllis, that was a great intro for, for what, what I want to share. Um, you know, the, the reason that I love to hang out with intercessors is when, when you hang out with people who hang out with God, he rubs off and they're humble and, and they, they hear from the Lord, and uh, they, they speak with, with grace and, and love because that's what they're used to hearing. And, you know, if you haven't figured this out already, I'll, I'll clue you in a little bit, that I have a, a really unusual gift mix for someone who's called to be a pastor. Uh, as outside of the vineyard and maybe Calvary Chapel, uh, worship leaders who are pastors are, are pretty rare. And, and worshipers who are pastors are rare. Pastors who operate in the prophetic are, are pretty rare. And pastors who are intercessors are even more rare. So I'm telling you I'm odd. <laughs> and and I, I have, I, I've become okay with that. Sometimes we, we just want to be like everybody else and... Be, be who God made you to be. Amen. So, you know, I, I've been talking about how we're, we're in kind of a strategic time right now where, where there's, there's a call that's coming forth from the Lord, draw near to me. And you, you almost can't help but hear 
that call and, and feel that drawing. And I've, I've been encouraging all of us to get deeper, to draw closer to the Lord in, in this time because there's, there's a reason that the Lord is putting out that strategic call. That all the benefits that we receive of our spiritual sowing, of our drawing near to the Lord in this season are, are going to pay huge dividends in, in the seasons that are to come. So we, we really we need to pay attention to what God is saying, and, and we, need, we need to say yes, and then we need to do that thing. Because I, I really, I, I believe, and I, I apologize, I, I don't have a PowerPoint for you today, but I was one of the speakers yesterday, too, and it's been kind of a busy weekend. <laughs> but uh, the presence of the Lord here yesterday, I mean, it's been great this morning, but it was even more, I think, yesterday. Uh, it, it, was, uh, it was a strategic gathering of prayers from the Front Range of Colorado, Casper, Cheyenne, um, I think that's about what it was, uh, but it was it was really good. I, I wish we had recorded it so we we could give you copies, but we didn't. So, <laughs> and Billy, thank you for serving us yesterday. And Joyce, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but you, you blessed us. Mm -hmm. Thanks. <laughs> but no. <laughs> so I, I've been hanging out a lot in the Sermon on the Mount personally. And I'm, I'm convinced that the days are, are not very far in front of us that Jesus was talking about in Matthew seven twenty four, where he says, Everyone then who hears these words of mine, which is the whole message that he's given in Matthew 5 and 6 and 7, and does them will be like a wise man who built his house on the rock. When all the pressures that will come against the church at the end of the age come, and he calls them, when the rain fell, the floods came, the winds blew and beat on that house, it did not fall because it had been founded on the rock. But everyone who hears these words of mine and does not do them, some may even say yes, but not do them, will be like the foolish man who built his house on the sand. Because when those pressures came, the rains fell and the floods came and the winds blew and beat against that house and it fell great was its fall. And I, I really believe that the Lord is, is talking to his people and he's talking about the church here. There's, there's a great falling away that's coming before the return of the Lord. To fall away means you once were where you were supposed to be, right? Otherwise, how can you fall away? Um, so my, my admonition to, to all of us is, is to be wise, is, is to draw near, is to 
chew on Matthew 5, 6, and 7. And when Jesus talks about praying in Matthew 6 and 7, he, he talks about going to a, a really private place where, where nobody else can see you, where only God can see you, and where, where also there, there's not a computer or a phone or distractions. Get, find a place. And, and if you haven't found it yet, ask the Lord, Lord, where? Where can I just be alone with you? And, and find that place and, and, and set a time and put it on your schedule and protect it on your schedule. Because otherwise, I, I know, it won't happen. I mean, I, months ago, I, I was there, and, and I had been there for a few months, and, and it, was, it was not good, and thing, things were getting dry and, and crusty, and I, I, I hope I never get to that place again. But we, we need, <clears throat> in, in this time especially, those, those things that Jesus talks about, there, there is serious purpose. He, he talks about prayer. He, he talks about relationships with other people, how, how they need to be made right and kept right. He, he talks about fasting, em, embracing voluntary weakness. Because God is our strength, not in our strength. Right? He's our strength in our weakness. And if, if we don't voluntarily embrace <laughs> that weakness, we will hardly ever get there because it's not a place our flesh wants to go, ever. It seems like to me there, there are two things that the flesh fights really, really hard against. There, there's probably more, but two that come to mind. And one of those is speaking in tongues, and, and, and one is fasting. Because to, to the flesh, they, they are just anathema. They, they don't make any sense. They, <laughs> they, they are to be hated by, by the flesh. This flesh likes to eat. Be strong. So there's, there's wisdom in what Jesus is saying. And, and as I look back over 25 years of, maybe 28 years of, of really trying to seriously follow God and obey him and, and be his, the, the times that I have grown the most without fail have been times that I have fasted. That's just the way it is. And then there's one other thing that Jesus talks about that we don't really like to talk about in our American culture with the American dream and everything associated with it. He talks about possessions. And, and he, 
in chapter 7, he, he talks about unrighteous mammon, which is, is really unrighteous money, because there, there are a lot of ways that, that we can get money. Some of them are fine. Some of them are not so fine if we try to cheat others or things like that. Um, or if we earn money doing wrong things, I mean, there's a whole lot of... But he, he talks about how you'll, you'll either serve one and hate the other, or you'll cling to one and not like the other. <laughs> well, we, we need to love God and hate unrighteous mammon. Ernie talked about this weeks ago. But what Jesus is really encouraging us in is, is to embrace a simpler lifestyle. And I, I don't want to say that I'm struggling with this with the Lord, but I, I'm, I'm seeking what, what that means for us now. In, in, in our life and I, I, I know that it is going to mean getting rid of some things because the, the more possessions we have the more time it takes to maintain all of them because <laughs> even though the moth and rust don't destroy everything they, they do wear on things <laughs> and yeah, you, it just takes time and effort and to to maintain a lot of stuff. And so those those are some of the points of wisdom that that Jesus is saying if if you hear me if you hear what I'm telling you to do and you do it then you'll be like the wise man because you, you actually, in your obedience, in your hearing me and doing what I tell you to do in, in these four or five specific areas, you will be building your house on the rock. And when the, the pressures and, and the temptations and the difficulties of the end of the age come when when that storm comes you'll make it and and so that is my admonition to us today now i i feel like the lord wants me to do something else today which i think is kind of cool and hopefully you will too. Uh, I want to actually teach you, uh, maybe this is only one method of prayer. Uh, you might call it two. We'll, we'll see how far it goes. But uh, <clears throat> we, we need to understand prayer uh, a little differently than the the norm in in our society, maybe even a little differently than the norm in the church, because uh, although I hate to say this, I, I think there is truth in it that the the prayer of the prayer understanding or practice may, maybe it's one. Maybe it's both. I, I don't know. But I, I, would, I would say that the practice of prayer of many in the church is not too much different than the practice of prayer of idolaters. People who worship idols. That, that's what I'm saying like the people in the Old Testament who actually bowed down to these big stone 
things. And, and what did they do? They, they, they would go into their temples and there would be a huge statue of, of the God. And, and they would basically ask the God to make their life pleasant. Ooh. <laughs> right? <laughs> Let the rain come so we can have crops and eat. Uh, don't let the enemy come and steal our crops so that we starve and maybe are taken into slavery. And that was about it. Because, I mean, what other kind of prayer is there to a stone whatever? Well, Jesus modeled a very different kind of prayer for us in, in the New Testament. It, see, prayer uh, with, with our God, the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, and his son, Jesus, who is our Savior, prayer is an invitation to knowing. <laughs> Mm -hmm. it's, prayer is an invitation for us to draw near and actually know God a, a real living and incredibly powerful incredibly wise incredibly gracious all powerful God who who wants us to draw near to him and, and know him, that, that he could bring forth his character, his nature in us as people who partake in, in the new creation. Uh, Jesus went so far as to say, and this is eternal life, to, to know the one true God. And it, it is, it's in prayer that this happens. So that's, that's why our, our prayer, it, it's not that we shouldn't ask God for things. That, that's not what I'm saying with, with this comparison. But there's, that is such a small part of prayer that God wants for us. Because he, he really wants us to know him. And, and he wants us to know how much he knows us. So that when we come to him and, and we're whatever, we're, we're in need, we're, we're helpless, we're in, in a place where we don't want to be emotionally or uh, even physically, and, and we cry out to him. And, and he, he, he loves that. He, he, he so wants us to, because, I mean, we, we are helpless, okay? Independent Wyoming people that, that we are, we, we're real, the truth is that we're helpless, and, and God wants us to come to him with our recognition of our need for him, how we, we can't do this what he, the way he wants us to live. We, we can't do it on our own because <laughs> we, we have to have him do something right here. <laughs> so that we even have any chance of the good stuff that he wants for us to do to be done. Uh, and, and so we, we come to him and we recognize our need and we confess it and we ask him for help. And, and the very fact that we do that demonstrates that we have faith that he will do something because he will. 
And, and he loves that, and, and he will. And uh, we, we heard many testimonies yesterday of how, how God answers our, our prayers. But he, he also wants us to get beyond ourselves because uh, this, this is something that I, I think I've learned fairly recently and, and I, I want to pass it along because it, it makes some of this process a little easier to understand. As, because as we draw near to the Lord, we, we find out how big he is and how little we are. And that's, that's a really good thing. And, and we find out how little we actually know. Let me repeat that part. We, we find out that we really know extremely little. <laughs> but he knows everything. So he can tell us the way things really are. And if, if you dig into the Sermon on the Mount this week, just, just look at the first few verses, what we often call the Beatitudes. First few verses of Matthew 5. Because I, I think what Jesus is really doing there is he's showing the people that they don't know anything. Because, and, and, and just, yeah, we'll, we'll just go back a few pages and, and look at this. Because if the people that he was talking to were poor in spirit, they, they didn't really think they were blessed. Because they thought it was the, the religious guys who had everything together and had the best place in, in the, the synagogue, and, and those guys were the blessed ones because they appeared to have it all together. <laughs> but Jesus says, no, you, you can't trust what you see because your perception of reality is skewed <laughs> because the the culture that you're in and he he could very easily be saying that to us and, and he would say that to us because the culture that you're in is skewed the, the value system of your culture is skewed so it, those who mourn and, and weep and cry, they're blessed. No, it's not the happy, joyful people who are blowing the trumpet before they give alms to the poor so everybody sees just how generous they are. As Jesus also said how they are not blessed <laughs> by God. And these people are thinking, wow, so the ones I thought were blessed are not blessed, and the ones I thought were not blessed are blessed? Hmm. <laughs> I need to listen to more of this. And, and that's what he was saying. So as we draw near to the Lord, we, we find this out for ourselves personally. God, I just don't know. And, and, and not, then you're making progress. That's, that's what I want to say. And I think that's what Jesus would say based on Matthew 5 through 7. If you say now you don't know, okay, now we're getting somewhere. And then as, as we continue to draw near to the Lord... We, we get to a place where not only do we not know, but we don't really want anything. Because we, through our relationship with the Lord, we, we have learned something that 
if we really want something and the Lord gives us that thing because in, in his mercy, most of the time he, he does. And, and then after a time, we often find out that that really was not a very good thing for us at that time. That there would have been a lot more wisdom in asking God not to give me what I want right now, but to give me what you want me to have right now. Hmm. <laughs> and see, that's where I am with this building situation. You know, I, I have certain things that, that I, I think I would like, but I'm not talking to God about those things <laughs> because he's way smarter than I am. His thoughts are higher. His ways are higher. So it, it would be smarter for me to ask him for what he wants us to have next <laughs> rather than what I want us to have next. So as, as I invite you all to pray uh, with us about this building situation, that's how I would like you to pray is, Lord, we, we want what you want for us. And we just ask you to show us what that is <laughs> so we don't miss it <laughs> and we don't go after something that's not what you have. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that's, that's where we want to be. Because... You see, the end point where God wants us to get <clears throat> is where, where we don't know anything and we don't want anything, but we want him to get what he wants. Because when Jesus prayed, your kingdom come, your will be done on earth, just as it is in heaven, that is exactly what he was praying. God, I want you to get what you want on the earth. Right here, right now, in whatever I have any influence over. And as, as we draw near to the Lord, as we press in, that's, that's where he wants us to get. Because when, when he can get a whole group of people to that place, that's when the world is changed. When, when he can get a whole group of people to the place where they don't know anything but what he tells them, <laughs> they, they don't do anything but what he tells them, and they don't want anything but what he wants. Because that's the kind of people that Jesus was talking about. Every place where he gave the promise. And whatever you ask in my name, you will have. Or I will do. That's the context. So, how, how do we get there? <laughs> That, that's a good question. I'm glad you asked. <laughs> and I, I recommended some books. I guess I took them back upstairs. There was one book uh, especially that meant a lot to me in a time when... Uh, <laughs> I think, I think I was getting to the place where I didn't know anything, but I, I wasn't yet at the place where I didn't want anything. 
and I, I felt there were, there, was, there were these things that the Lord had put on my heart and it just looked like none of it was ever going to happen and I, I was just a, a spiritual failure and just I, I, I didn't I didn't know if there was any point in going on uh, and I read this book and it, it probably saved my life spiritually and it, it was called Deep Unto Deep by Dana Candler uh, she's used to be at IHOP and I think her and her husband are at a house of prayer somewhere else now uh, but if if you if you're one of those people in prayer who who thinks God speaks to everybody else but not me then read this book because it'll encourage you so getting deeper with God in prayer that was the intro now <laughs> now we're finally at the question that I, that I want to answer today and and I, I, I really believe the Lord is, is going to meet every one of you today as, as we go through this little exercise. Because I, 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 uh, I want to teach you a little something about prayer and, and the Word. Because uh, the Word and prayer is an important thing. Coffee is important as well. Um, <laughs> sometimes a, a devotional is is good. This this is a particularly good one that that I'm in right now. It wasn't really designed as a devotional, but it's a, it's a bunch of letters that Francois Fenelon wrote to spiritual seekers back. Uh, in the 1600s, an amazing time for the church in in France, and uh, he he just there's so much wisdom in this guy. Uh, I'd like to tell you stories about him, but I, I don't want to take the time. Um, he he just makes some really thoughtful statements like. Never make important decisions in a state of distress. You are just not able to see clearly. When you are calm and collected, you will find the will of God more clearly known. Turn toward devotion and simplicity. Listen to God and be deaf to yourself. When you are in a place of calm and quiet rest, do all that you sense within your spirit. And it's just day after day of that kind of stuff. I mean, it's good. <laughs> so I, I like to read a little bit of this when I sit down to approach the Lord and it gives me something to, to chew on. But then there's, there's a, a way of approaching Scripture that I, I think will, will be very helpful to, to all of us. Uh, it's been very helpful to me. And, and that is to, to consider the Scriptures deeper then they are long. To, to not hurry your way so that you can cross off your list a chapter a day to keep the devil away. Um, how's that working for you anyway? <laughs> Probably not so well anyway. So, anyway, I want us to, to just uh, 
Enter into a place of quiet and close your eyes. You don't have to read because I'm, I'm going to read for you. And, and Lord, we, we just ask you to speak to us uh, in, in our spirit through, through your word. And, and the way that you can do this is you, you just you start reading and looking at the detail of, of what it is that you're reading. And when, when something kind of hits, hits you as, as being important, significant, uh, being for you at, at that moment, then then you just stop, and and you you think upon that thought, and and you you let the Lord maybe expand on that thought, maybe show you something of your yourself your your own life that relates to that thought and and there might be a promise that you want to grab hold of and ask the lord for there there might be anyway let, let's we'll go on with the exercise abide abide in me I'm in John 15, and I in you. As the branch cannot bear fruit by itself unless it abides in the vine, neither can you unless you abide in me. Ooh. There's a whole lot right there. Okay, abide means live in, dwell in, remain in, live in. So live in me, Jesus says, and I in you. Hmm, so I'm not only called to remain in him, he will remain in me. Hmm, that next part. And what does it mean to remain in Jesus? Lord, what does that mean? How, how do I do that? I stay with you. I don't go from you. I stay right with you. And you stay right with me. Hmm. And it's really helpful to journal as, as you're doing this meditation. Is when the Lord speaks something specifically to you, you, you want to write that down. So you can go back to it. But Lord, what about this next part? Just as a branch cannot bear fruit by itself... Unless it abides in the vine, neither can you unless you abide in me. Hmm. Well, that's kind of obvious that a branch that's broken off the vine isn't going to bear any fruit. But you're saying... I can't bear any 
fruit. No fruit? Not even little fruit? Unless I abide in you? Unless I remain connected to you? It's impossible for me to bear fruit? See, this isn't what the church will tell you. The church will tell you, do better. Be more committed. Try harder. (laughs) You'll bear fruit. But that's not what Jesus said. Jesus, did you really say that? That I cannot bear any fruit unless I abide in you? But if we read on a little bit, I am the vine and you are the branches. Whoever abides in me and I in him, he it is that bears much fruit. I like that. Ooh, but there's more. For apart from me, you can do nothing. Not even one thing? Okay, God, what does that mean? Because I know I can do a lot of things. So you're not really saying that I can't do anything apart from you. So what you're really saying is I can't do anything that matters apart from you. So this must relate to that passage in 1 Corinthians about everything we do going through the fire. And only the stuff that we've done out of our abiding in you is going to pass through the fire. Everything else is, is going to burn. Doesn't matter. Ooh. Okay, you can open your eyes. That's a way to draw nearer to the Lord. Uh, a, A way that works. It, I mean, you, you can see it takes a little time to even get through a verse going that way. But remember, the Word of God is, is way deeper <laughs> than it is long. And it's long. But you can also see how you can get more out of one or two verses meditating and interacting with with the Lord than you can trying to quickly read through uh, 
a whole chapter or a whole book uh, when you're thinking about your next appointment and everything else you have to get done in, in the day. Did the Lord speak to anybody? Yeah. I, I knew he was going to. Because I, I picked that one because he just spoke to me uh, out of that those two verses. And it's it's funny how verses like that can be so familiar. But you meditate on them like that and it it somehow gets from here to here. <laughs> that eighteen inch journey. <laughs> um so I, I will leave you with that today, and I want to pray for all of us. Father, I, I thank you that you, you, you so desire relationship with us. You, you desire to bring forth more of the nature of your Son in us I, I pray Lord that you would meet your people here as we set aside time to seek you that you'd encourage us all that you'd draw us deeper that, that we would know you and we would know how you know us thank you Lord you're more committed to our growth than we are So let, let me finish and close with uh, just some words of encouragement from Matthew 7, starting in verse 7. Ask, and it will be given to you. Seek, and you will find. Knock, and the door will be opened. For everyone who asks, receives, and the one who seeks finds, and to the one who knocks, it will be opened. Which one of you, if his son asks him for bread, will give him a stone? Or if he asks for a fish, will give him a serpent? If you then, who are evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your Father who is in heaven give good things? to those who ask him. Amen. <laughs> well, be blessed. And uh, have fun putting this in practice this week. I, I'd like to hear some testimonies next week. <laughs>